What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the All-American Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr, here giving you guys a recap of the eventful NFL trade deadline this week. Coming up next. So as I mentioned, guys, today we are covering the NFL trade deadline top to bottom. Uh, the recent deals in the past few days wrapped up on, um, I think it was Wednesday, I believe. Um, and you know, I haven't really got to it. I've spent some time doing some fantasy stuff. I have an article coming out um, on my, my personal page uh, doing the mid-season fantasy awards. If you guys want to check it out, that is in my, uh, my Instagram bio under my personal articles uh, tab. Um, but I also did an episode the other day, uh, where I covered, you know, the the latest NFL news. That's why some deals are not included today. Like the James Robinson, um, you know, the the Panthers deals that they made, Brian Burns, rumors, all that stuff like that. We're mainly covering the stuff that happened, you know, in the last day or two of the deadline and really only the major ones. I mean, in, in any other year, I feel like I'd have to cover it, you know, absolutely everything. But this year we had so many deals, so many superstars, all that stuff. I'm trying to pump out more simplified, easier to listen to episodes for you guys where I kind of, you know, give a quick breakdown. Uh, and I did that, by the way, in my recent article. Um, you know, it, it is um, definitely worth reading and, you know, pretty uh, lengthy, but kind of try to shorten it down, simplify it a little bit because um, that's the feedback I've been getting. Um, but anyways, we're going to start and get right into it. I'm going to start off with the Canaries Tony deal. Uh, which kind of kicked off, you know, really the late stages of the deadline where teams are really desperate to make calls and get a deal done, um, you know, when that kind of deadline period really sets in on you. Um, we saw, obviously, guys like James Robinson and Deion Jones move previously, but uh, it started off with the Chiefs. They traded for receiver Canarius Tony, <coughs> former for- first-round pick, I may mention, uh, just last season as they sent... Giants sent a 2023 third-round pick and a 2026 sixth-round pick. And the Chiefs sent a third-round pick and a sixth-round pick to the Giants. In exchange for Tony, I like this move. We've yet to see him on the field, but uh, he just fits the Chiefs wide receiver archetype so well. Speedy, electric with the ball in his hands. We've really seen him have one breakout game and not much this season out of him. He he does seem like somewhat of a diva uh, with the Giants, and that has been the case. You know, even though they've had a successful season, we've seen guys like Kenny Galladay and Canarius Tony express their frustration with the organization, which obviously <coughs> maybe I don't understand because I'm not in the building with all that. Um, but I I think the future is bright for Tony. I think he joins a winning atmosphere. He'll get the ball in his hands, and he doesn't really need to you know sprint downfield. Mahomes can find him on a screen pass. He'll be electric. I expect to see him in the backfield as well because that backfield has been a mess in Kansas City for some years now. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, you know, we've seen Pacheco get a chance at it, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think Tony is just an exciting guy. Chiefs might have given up a bit too much, but you got to consider he still has name value because he was a first-round draft pick uh, last year. So a third and sixth-round pick I think is somewhat appropriate. And I think the Chiefs they take another swing at a big player. Um, without giving up too much as they really contend for a Super Bowl. I think Tony could really put them over the top. They don't have really a top target besides Kelsey uh, in that receiver room. But Mahomes is the best arm in the league. You got to, you gotta, uh, you know, supply him with an army of uh, army of targets. So I like Tony. I like the move to get him, and I think he fits that build well in Kansas City where uh, plays will be definitely drawn up for him. 
Next, the Eagles, they sent a fourth-round draft pick uh, to Chicago in exchange for Robert Quinn. Simple move here, not much to say about it. Good deal for the Eagles, good deal for Chicago. Um, Quinn is an aging star. I mean, he's still great, uh, can bolster up a fantastic Philly defensive line. So I don't think Chicago could have gotten much more for him, um, even though he does have name value. But the Eagles, man, their defensive line, we saw it last night uh, versus... Houston, even though they weren't that great, they solidified themselves, you know, really a top unit in the league, and especially in the second half where the good teams are better. Uh, they showed that versus Houston last night. By the way, I'm recording this on Friday, if you couldn't tell. I just watched Thursday Night Football last night. But that uh, that defensive line, like the Chiefs receiving core down there in Philly, is loaded. Um, they are making a push for the Super Bowl, clearly, and I think they, they got a pretty good piece on that D-line, uh, adding, you know, of course, you can really never have enough pass rushers in the NFL, so I like that move. They got Robert Quinn and a bit of a discount with his uh, contract situation and his old age. Uh, the Ravens, they acquired Roquan Smith, uh, also from the Bears. Bears seem to be unloading, uh, but we'll get to another move later that kind of might set that off a little bit as they traded a draft pick. But uh, the Bears in, in this one got draft picks, uh, they got A.J. Klein, a linebacker, a second-round pick, and a fifth-round pick for Roquan Smith. In my opinion, I think the Bears could have got more, um, but it, it kind of became more evident that they were trying to move Smith, so I do somewhat understand it um, from their perspective. For the Ravens' perspective, I, I think this is a great deal. They really look like a contending team this year, and we all know what Roquan Smith is capable of. He's a young guy. Um, you know, pair him with a guy like Patrick Queen, that linebacking court, it's dangerous. He's all over the field, has a nose for the football, can get to the quarterback, but also drop back in coverage. Very versatile and a blooming young star in a uh, really, really scary defensive, uh, you know, front there in, uh, in Baltimore. So I think that's another, you know, add to the defensive arsenal, the Ravens, as they make a playoff push as well. Three really similar trades here to kick it off for contending teams. Uh, this one is a bit of an unorthodox deal. It was in the NFC North, uh, an interdivisional trade between the Lions and the Vikings. Um, Detroit sent uh, TJ Hawkinson a 2023 fourth-round pick and then a conditional fourth-round pick to Minnesota in exchange for a second-round pick this year and a fourth-round pick this year. Now, this one I don't really have a strong opinion about. I want to, but... The Vikings, another contending team. I think Hawkinson's a great addition. And I don't think they gave up a, you know, too much for him. They get, they replace a second and a third. A, uh, no, they replace. Yeah, actually, that's a mistake. That's a typo here on, uh, on the website I'm on, by the way. They sent a second and a third round pick. And they got two fourth round picks back. And one's conditional, so that can move. Um, but and, and they add Hawkinson. I think that's a great deal for the Vikings. They are making a push. Sneaky, sneaky team with only one loss in the year. Their offense is fantastic. Add another weapon to that deal, especially with Irv Smith going down due to a high ankle sprain. I like that move a lot. Hawkinson is young. He's a top-tier tight end. And uh, the Lions, on the other, <laughs> the other hand, a bit of a confusing deal. But they do move up in draft picks. So... I got to respect it, but they don't really add picks. They kind of just upgrade them. And it's not, it's by like a round or two, which can, you know, obviously be valuable. But for a guy like Hawkinson, I think they could have gotten a lot more. I don't hate the trade um, because I get it. They're really trying to retool the roster. Hawkinson 
I, I guess they didn't think was a future piece of this roster. They want to, you know, add another guy instead, which I understand. Um, but I think they could have gotten a lot more for him. Kind of seems like an unnecessary deal and a little bit of weird timing. But he has put together some great, uh, great games this season. So I applaud their uh, their effort to move him while his value is high. Still young, no one can really turn out to a great player. And unfortunately for the Lions, they'll have to face him twice a year uh, for years to come now. Now, the Bears, another team in the NFC North, they got um, a 2023 second-round pick off their hands in exchange for receiver uh, Chase Claypool from the Steelers. Now, I like this actually. I actually do like this trade for the Bears. Yes, they give up a second-round pick, which I think is a bit much, but I do understand it. I've seen a lot of people like, why are they kind of not going, why are they shying away from a rebuild here? They're really not. Chase Claypool is 24 years old. He has tons of talent. He's in a crowded receiver room in, in Pittsburgh with a messy, messy quarterback situation. The Bears, I get it. You're, you're really trying to figure out if Justin Fields is the guy because he's been up and down, up as of late. But his receiving core is terrible, the worst in the league by far. Darnell Mooney has fell down. I've never really been a believer in him. I think you go out, get a proven wide receiver in Claypool. Attitude issues are there, whatever. Uh, it's nothing, you know, too serious. I think that'll affect his play or his value. Um, I think Claypool is a solid receiver. I think he's a wide receiver two or three on a contending team. For the Bears, he's a wide receiver one. He's their best receiver by, I think, a good margin. Um, he's physical at the catch point. Really does a nice job. He's going to be a big, big, uh, you know, target. Large target radius, but also just, you know, going to get the ball a lot uh, in Chicago. I, I think you pair him with Justin Fields. That can be a nice combination for years to come or whatever quarterback's going to be throwing him the ball. Um, and for the Steelers, I don't, I don't hate it either. You're getting a second-round pick, which I like, for a young team that seems to be retooling the roster. You already have Pickens. Deontay Johnson is solid. Uh, you got Pat Fryman, who's kind of broke out of the scene this year. Your receiving core is pretty solid. Um, and Calvin Austin, too, a rookie. So... I don't mind, you know, I think a second round pick for Chase Claypool is great value. We know the Packers also offered that. Uh, the Bears seem to get the better of it because it seemed like the Steelers thought that their pick would be uh, be lower in the draft or higher in the draft. Um, but I like the trade for both sides. <coughs> I don't hate it as much as many Bears fans do, but I actually like it to get Chase Claypool because I think his talent is sufficient. Uh, the Commanders, they sent quarterback William Jackson the third and a sixth round pick to the Steelers um, for a seventh round pick, uh, which I actually like, and that's in 2025. Now, William Jackson has been messy as of late. <coughs> we know he was, uh, Steelers are familiar with him. He's a former Cincinnati Bengal, but I think he has some talent. The Steelers cornerback situation has been messy for a few years as well. They haven't really found an answer. I think Jackson's a proven veteran. He's been shaky as of late, but you're not really getting a significant loss of value here. You're swapping a seventh-round pick for a sixth. So I, I like them taking a chance on it. For the Commanders, it's really just getting him off your roster. I feel like they would have released him anyways. And their cornerback room is solid there in Washington. I think they got some nice depth. They're looking for a, more of an infusion of youth, too, a uh, team that's on the rise but also very youthful. So um, I like that trade for both sides. Simple deal. This one is not very simple. A lot of moving parts to it. The Dolphins, they got Bradley Chubb for the Broncos uh, for the 49ers, 23, 2023 first-round pick, which was acquired in the Trey Lance deal. Um, a fourth, 2024 fourth-round pick and Chase Edmonds 
And oh, by the way, the Dolphins got a 2025 fifth round pick. So a lot of moving parts there, but I actually like this trade on the Broncos' side. It does seem like they are maybe unloading for the season, giving up. I don't think so. They get Chase Edmonds, who has been a proven running back talent, uh, especially in the receiving game where they really need help right now. They have you know, a lot of substitutable guys in the, in the running game, but in the past game, Mike Boone has not been sufficient, and Latavius Murray and, um, and Melvin Gordon, since Javante Williams has been down, really you know, pure running backs, not really a receiving back. They get one here in Edmonds who can kind of do a little bit of both, and they also get a first-round pick. For Riley Chubb, that's the 49ers too, which might not be too high, but it still holds a lot of value. They get a fourth uh, for a fifth. And, you know, Bradley Chubb, he's going to be demanding a new contract soon. We just saw the Dolphins uh, sign him to a massive extension. The Broncos didn't want to pay him. I get it. He's a great talent, but, you know, he's, he is getting up there in age. He's like 26. He can be good for years to come. Yeah, sure. But is he a top-tier edge rusher at the end of the day? No. I think they got great value for him. On the Dolphins side, I get it. Bradley Chubb um, is a great piece. They're not a huge fan of picks. We've seen it. Um, you know, So I, I like this deal for both sides, but especially the Broncos. I actually like this for them. They get a very, very valuable first-round pick, which they need because there's a lot of holes in that roster. They deal away a star on the defense, which is going to hurt them, no doubt. But for the future and, you know, just even, you know, a year or two from now, I like this deal a lot for the Denver Broncos, especially considering they sacrificed a lot of picks of the Seahawks for the Russell Wilson trade. So I like the idea of getting a pick back. For the Dolphins side, they might have overpaid for Bradley Chubb, but he is very talented, still has a lot of potential. And then they clearly like him a lot. They just signed a new over $100 million deal extension. Dolphins were not done, though. They got Jeff Wilson from San Francisco in exchange for a fifth-round pick. Once again, a simple trade here, and uh, you can sense this coming. Mike McDaniel loves his San Francisco running backs uh, as he's the former offensive coordinator there, now Miami Dolphins head coach. Uh, this is a simple deal. San Francisco does not need Wilson. I mean, he could have been a free agent. I think he's talented for sure, but a fifth-round pick might be even overpaying for him. Yeah, he's going to help the Dolphins out. They lost Edmonds in that deal. Um, and, you know, if Mostert goes down, you need someone to replace him. I think Wilson will also, you know, maybe eat into Mostert's work a little bit. Two very fast running backs. Wilson can also do some work uh, in the receiving game a little bit as well. <clears throat> so I like this deal. San Francisco, you're adding on a fifth-round pick for a guy you don't really need, especially because Elijah Mitchell's coming back and Christian McCaffrey. Deal works out for both sides, and I'm interested to see how Mike McDaniel uses his former running back. Uh, then the Falcons, they traded Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars uh, for a conditional draft compensation, I believe, uh, although not official. Actually, I'll check right now. I believe it was a second-round pick. You know what? I'll look at it just to make sure. Uh, it was a – it can be worth at maximum a 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. So I think the Jaguars actually got a bit of a steal here. I mean, Calvin Ridley is an all-pro talent. Uh, yes, we haven't seen him in a year, but you know he's been training. And betting on games, from the sound of the issue, it did not sound like that bad. It did not sound like he should be spending for a year. For you know the, the Jaguars, this doesn't totally impact them that much because we know they're not contending this year. I think they're a playoff team a few years from now. You're looking to get help for uh, Trevor Lawrence, and they haven't really found a clear answer at the wide receiver one. I like the signing Christian Kirk. He's been sufficient, but you need another guy because right now 
all the balls in the air going to Kirk or ETN. I like the idea of getting Ridley, who is still young, um, still capable, I believe. And on the Falcons' side, this doesn't hurt them because they weren't using Ridley, and they've been fine this year. Um, seems like that relationship has kind of been broken off a little bit. But they've found other ways. They've drafted Drake London this year, uh, and they're 4-4. Four and four. So, hey, you know, the road for the Falcons, that's a pretty solid record. If Kyle Pitts as well, and they're getting good draft compensation. I think the Jaguars did give up a good amount, but we forget. Calvin Ridley is so good. We just haven't seen him on the field in a while. So I like this trade uh, for both sides. More so the Jaguars, though, with the Falcons also get a good deal, especially because they weren't even using this guy this year. Um, due to his suspension. He is out for the rest of the year, by the way, so the Jaguars will have to wait a bit to use him. <coughs> the Broncos also made another move. They sent a 2024 fourth-round pick to the Jets for Jacob Martin and a 2024 fifth-rounder. Simple deal here. I mean, I, you can't really say that you hate it or love it for both sides. You're basically swapping a fourth for a fifth with Jacob Martin, who can kind of rotate in uh, in replacement for Bradley Chubb. So I like it. I think for the Jets, you know, they weren't really using him that much. And Martin's a guy who's talented. I honestly don't know much about him. He hasn't seen the field a lot for the Jets this year. I know that. Um, And, you know, the Broncos get a solid, you know, serviceable replacement guy who can fill in a bit for Chubb. On the Jets side, you're upgrading draft picks by a round, but not significant upgrade there. Uh, And the last trade we have on our slate here was the Naheem Hines, the other Bills, they uh, received Naheem Hines and sent uh, Zach Moss and a conditional sixth-round pick to the Colts, which can be moved up to a fifth, I believe. I like this deal um, for the Bills. You know, I, I think Naheem Hines is a nice safety valve for Josh Allen. We know Singletary can run, and in the past game a little bit, but I think Naheem Hines is a nice outlet. And I think Moss is a good running back, but clearly... The Bills didn't like him very much. Um, you know, he's kind of a north-south runner, which doesn't really fit their scheme. They never love to pound the ground game a lot. And, the, you know, the one knock I have in them, I think they're one of the best, if not the best team in the NFL, but they bail in the ground game very quickly in games. I think this will help them. I think Nye Mines a nice safety valve. Uh, he's a proven, t- you know, receiving back into the backfield. Um, and then you can really use, you know, James Cook and, Singletary, mix them in a little bit, but use them mostly as runners and not force them to go out in the pass game and be something that are not because you got a pure receiving back in 90 minds. He's not going to run that ball that much. Uh, but I think he's a significant upgrade over Zach Moss. Uh, for the Colts, you probably realize you aren't contending this year and you take a shot at a guy like Moss who still has potential. I don't think he'll be all that good, but you're getting a conditional sixth that can turn out to the fifth-round pick for a guy in Hines that is aging. You have Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Deion Jackson has been great when you needed him this year to fill in along with Philip Lindsay. That's a crowded running back room. I don't think they really uh, think twice about losing Hines. He had pretty good compensation back for him. And the Bills, they you know move forward to a playoff push. I think it's a solid addition, and you're not giving up that much, especially once you add in I got exact Moss, who they really did not need on their roster, but still has young age and can work out in another team. Um, so, yeah, that was the recap. Uh, the trade deadline it was an eventful one for sure uh, but let me know your guys thoughts on it in the comments below um, you know I loved going over this you know in a simplified kind of quick way um, and let me know I'm gonna come at you guys with a few more episodes soon uh, but for now I will uh, I will see you next time peace